From Mountain Home to Raft River, we've got all the District 4 analysis you'll need to know. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast with Scott Burton. That's right. It's another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast from IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey with Scott Burton. It's brought to you by the Idaho Division of Public Health. Scott, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Brandon? I am doing fantastic. We are in the middle of district tournaments and things couldn't be better. That's right. If you're watching this uh, on the video uh, portion of the podcast, IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, you'll see that Scott is wearing his finest Jerome soccer long-sleeved t-shirt. Looks good. That's right. And they can be yours for the low, low price. <laughs> That's right. Have your people contact my people. We'll make something happen. For sure. I, I think most people that tune into the, the prep cast know this, Scott. But if you don't, of course, Scott is also the athletic director at Jerome High School. And uh, so he's very busy as Jerome's boys soccer team has a big matchup today. Yeah. Nice segue, Brandon. Boy, it's like you know what you're doing here. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are in the throes of district tournament time. And uh, today it's going to be Jerome and Canyon Ridge for the third time this year with kickoff at 430 for the district championship in the Great Basin. And these two teams have played twice before and twice before they have tied. So they have yet to beat each other, but they've yet to lose to each other. Um, so it should be an interesting matchup. And um, it's at Jerome's home field. And like I said, kickoff at 430. So it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, as you're listening to this, the game will probably already be decided and you'll probably know the outcome. But uh, there's a good chance that both of those teams are going to find their way at state anyways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are two really good, good teams. I mean, Jerome, obviously, the number one seed um, on paper is is the, the, the top of the, the Great Basin. Haven't lost yet. I mean, they've got a few ties here and there, but they haven't lost. Their defense is astounding. Uh, they just don't allow a lot of goals. So if you're going to beat Jerome, then you better figure out a way to, um, you know, to score because Jerome just has not allowed a lot of goals this year. Yeah, and you mentioned it a couple of ties. Isn't that how it went with Wood River as well? They tied mm -hmm. both times in the regular season and beat Wood River in the semis? Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, they shut out, well, they tied 0-0 both times in the regular season, and then they get to the tournament, um, and Jerome knocks them off and uh, moves on to the district championship game today. Yep. On the girls' side, Twin Falls girls continuing to look strong in, in Great Basin play. I mean, Twin Falls, holy cow. It is Twin Falls and everybody else. I mean, that is just how dominant this Twin Falls girls' soccer team has been. And um, I mean, I, they're, they're poised to make a really strong run into the state tournament. And they're playing Canyon Ridge, you know, today for the district title there. And, uh, you know, that's the number one and number two seeds. And those two teams, Twin Falls and Canyon Ridge, on the girls' side, they have been the, the top two teams, you know, head and shoulders, really, uh, above everybody else in that conference. So uh, another great matchup for a district title this afternoon. That one kicking off, I believe, at 4 o'clock over in Twin. Yep. And uh, whoever loses these championship matchups, they're not out, right? There's, there's right. two bids available from – District four and four a soccer, both boys and girls, but you have to earn it the hard way, right? You got you got to take on whoever comes out of that consolation side of the bracket. Yeah. So I mean, if you want to look at the boys' side really quick, then you know the boys' side, the loser of Jerome and Canyon Ridge will play Friday against um the winner of 
Wynn and I believe it's Wood River. Yeah. And then on the girls' side, uh, the loser of Twin Falls and Canyon Ridge will play the winner of Mountain Home and Wood River. So, it, yeah, there's a second way to get to state if those championship games don't go well for one one team. So, but uh, it, it all will be decided this Friday. Yes, it certainly will. Sort of a similar path for 3A soccer. Um, if we look uh, on the girls' side, Scott, it's been going according to Chalk. You've got Kim Kimberly, the top seed, Sun Valley Community School, the second seed. They're playing in the district championship match Thursday. Uh, and then you've got in the on the consolation side of the bracket, number three seed Wendell against number four seed Buell. The winner of that will play whoever doesn't win the district title and uh, – two bids available uh, in district uh, four for three, a soccer as well. So where it's really been crazy, Scott is on the, the girls are on the boys side for, for three, a um, district four soccer, because Kimberly, all of a sudden is just on a Cinderella run. They came into boys districts as the number six seed. They beat bliss in the first round one, nothing. Then they beat Buell last night in overtime, three to two. So they've taken out the three seed and the two seed, and now they're playing top seeded Sun Valley Community School for the district title. Oh yeah, I mean, when any, whenever you get into any of these tournaments, I mean, you can, you know, sometimes throw out the regular season because it's who gets hot, who's healthy, uh, who's got a little swagger, you know. And when you kind of a uh, knock off a couple of people that like Kimberly has done, you know, all of a sudden they're playing with a little bit of confidence. You know, because you get into these, you know, the this grind of a season and then you get to the tournament and you've just been beat up by the teams that you're going to play in the tournament. Sometimes in your mind, you're like, ah, there's no way we can win this. We haven't done it before. But if you get hot, you get a win, you get a break. Next thing you know, big Mo's on your side and Kimberly's Kimberly's got that. It'll be interesting to see how far they can go. Yeah, so they'll they'll take on Sun Valley Community School in the boys district title. That'll be a lot of fun to watch on Thursday. So that's kind of the soccer. By this time next week, Scott, we'll 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 have the state brackets and we'll be able to preview mm -hmm. all the matchups and break down all the teams from District Four. It's going to be well represented at state, both boys and girls, though I would say. Absolutely, absolutely. Looking forward to that. Yep. All right. Let's transition into football then. It was another uh, busy week uh, of action. I think the most surprising outcome had to be. In the Great Basin Conference, 4A football, Canyon Ridge getting their first win of the season, knocking out Mountain Home 36-18. Yeah, I mean, this was a game that Canyon Ridge needed to win. I mean, every game is a need to win, but to get that first one is is huge. I mean, I mean, you're, you're talking about a group of kids. A lot of them haven't won a football game at Canyon Ridge since seventh grade. So, I mean, they're really, really trying to establish a culture over there that just uh, has been lacking. You know, in this particular game, they got up 16 to nothing. Um, Mountain Home kind of settled in, grinded it out, cut it back to a one-score game. Uh, and then Wyatt Summers breaks off a 60-plus yard run for touchdown. It kind of broke it back open and swing the momentum. And, you know, talking to Coach Poole this week, I mean, he's ecstatic that they, they finally – kind of got off the snide a little bit, but you know, it's just, it's one of those things when you're changing a culture, it's going to take some time. And um, you know, one thing that kind of fuels that Canyon Ridge team is that they've kind of adapted the mantra of winning the day. And you'll, you'll hear them say that they'll talk about it. It's posted everywhere. And so what they try to do is they just try to win every drill, every team activity. 
um, every rep that they take, I mean, they are going to win that particular drill. So it's, it's kind of a good mindset when you're trying to establish something because you're, they're breaking it up into very tiny pieces that they're just trying to win. Uh, and it's, and the kids bought into it over at Canyon Ridge. So they're, they're getting a little better, but you know, at the end of the day, winning breeds winning. And when you've got a winning program, you get bodies out. And when you get bodies out, then, you know, you've got a chance to do some things. And so Canyon Ridge, hey, good for them. Huge win over Mountain Home. Yeah, I, I w- I've been so impressed with Coach Poole. I got to see him uh, this summer at the Idaho All-State Games, those 6th, 7th, 8th grade All-Star Games. He he coached one of the 8th grade All-Star teams. And so I got to see him actually interacting at practice with these players, and I was very impressed. I think Canyon Ridge is in good hands with Coach Poole. And that was a, it was really nice to see them finally break through and and get a win mountain home on the other side of the coin scott they're kind of in a tailspin a little bit now the great basin conference gets three spots into the playoffs we know mm-hmm. minute goes there we know twin falls is there right now mountain home still in possession of that third spot with a three and two record in the conference uh, after that you've got burley jerome and wood river all one and three so i mean Mountain Home is going to probably finish three and three, right? They have Twin Falls yep. this week. That's their final conference game. Could one of these other teams, Burley, Jerome, Wood River, could could they win out and, and take that spot? What's going to happen with this last spot? Um, I, you know what? I, I don't see it happening. I mean, even if you have Jerome that's got one one conference win against Canyon Ridge, if they went out against Burley and then Wood River, for example, well, Mountain Home already beat them, so there goes that idea. Um, and then Burley's the same way, you know, Burley's going to, I mean, if they went out, I mean, you probably have their schedule right in front of you there. Yeah. But I, I think mountain home is locked into that third spot. And so I think for them, it's just about preparing themselves to get better. And, uh, you know, they, like you said, they've got a tough task with twin falls this week. Um, but you know, it's it, funny thing is, is the, this morning I've been having some conversations about and maybe this is something we can talk about next week or the week after is the max preps, max preps rankings. Yeah. Because uh, there is a whole lot of controversy brewing right now when it comes to these max preps rankings. And, uh, and I think that's definitely a topic for discussion uh, because it, it's, it, it is really messing some things up right now. Yeah, I know just from doing some of the other prep casts that we do in the other districts around the state, there there's some wonkiness going on for sure. It's not a perfect system by any means. For example, as it relates to the Magic Valley, right now, Lighthouse Christian at 0-6 is ahead of several 1A D1 teams that have wins. And yeah. to me, when you have – it's not that Lighthouse Christian doesn't deserve to be that spot. They played a very tough schedule. But when you're 0-6 and you are ranked ahead of teams that have wins, there's something wrong with the formula, right? It, it, well, it, it is. I mean, Minico's in the same boat. You know, they're undefeated, yet they've got teams ranked ahead of them that, one, they've already beaten, and, and two, it, you just look at it on the eye test and there's just no way but – Max Preps runs a really weird system, and it's got a lot of people ticked off uh, just because they run almost on a point spread type of situation. Here's the here's the expected score, and you don't handle that. It, it hurts your rankings a little bit. Well, here we are trying to preach a little bit of sportsmanship and not running scores up, and now look what happened to Emmett and Middleton last week. You know, prime example. You know, I mean, this Max Prep thing that the IHSA has kind of gotten themselves into a little bit, it, it's uh, it's raising some eyebrows right now. 
for sure. Let's yeah, let's do that next week, Scott. Let's let's really dedicate the majority of our time to breaking down because I don't think anybody really knows how the formula is calculated. They certainly Max Preps is not going to tell you how it is calculated. I, I joked with somebody, it would be easier to find out what the 11 herbs and spices are in the KFC fried <laughs> chicken bucket than it would be to figure out how these ratings work. Yeah, no, no question about it. But uh, like you said, if, if you don't know about this thing, there is, like you said, some wonkiness going on here. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not going to serve some teams very well. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, we'll, we'll dive into that deep, deep next week. Um, I, I agree with you going back to our original point of the third team from the Great Basin. I think it, I think it is Mountain Home because at this point, you know, I think Burley probably is the third best team in the Great Basin Conference, mm-hmm. but they, they had to play Mountain Home way back in the season opener, a yep. conference game right out of the shoots, a game they lost 28 to 21. The game tying touchdown was dropped in the end zone. And unfortunately, because of that, Mountain Home doesn't matter how they finish. Now, it's not going to be a very long stay in the postseason if they don't get some things figured out. But I do think Mountain Home pretty much has it locked up. So, no, I think you're right. I mean, who who would have thought that the, that first game of the year was going to mean so much? Uh, and, it, and it certainly did. But uh, the thing for Mountain Home is they're like, you know, they're probably going to get that that seed. And uh, they have got to find a way to get healthy because they are really thin and banged up right now. So, you know, you know, and I guess if you approach the next two weeks right and knowing that, you know, you're going into a Twin Falls game that you're probably not going to win, you don't really need to win. I mean, not that you don't want to go be competitive, but you got to you got to protect your guys, you know, and get ready to play in the postseason. So. You know, it'll shake out a little bit more um, after this week because we'll only have one week left and we can kind of maybe start to see some writing on the wall. Um, but for Mountain Home, hey, you know, they've they they grinded it out and it looks like they will be that third seed. Yep. Let's talk about the other two teams that are going to make the playoffs from the Great Basin. Minico, a 30 to 7 win over Jerome. Again, they're, it's like the max preps ratings it's not flashy it's just we're going to show up we're going to play good defense and we're going to run the ball and get a win yeah i mean this was a game that was a lot closer than the score indicated it was 10-7 at the half and uh jerome missed a field goal right at the gun to tie it up 10 going to the locker room you know with minico in a game that jerome pretty much dominated in that first half uh they had a couple of turnovers that got him in that first half, but defensively they had shut down Minico and then they were able to run the football on, on Minico as well. And, you know, when, when I, when I talked to coach McCaffrey this week, first thing he said was all the credit to the Jerome staff, you know, they had a great plan and, uh, and it worked, but again, just like we talk about every week when it comes to Jerome, they just don't have enough dudes. You know, the guys they have are great, but they just can't sustain. Um, and so it, came up and, and got them again. You know, for Minico, offensively, um, they came out of the second half and got a huge stop. It kind of woke them up, you know, and then they got a big home run score to put them up 24-7. And then from that point on, it was really trying to play catch up. Bendeley, 18 carries, 115 yards, two scores. Joe Terry had a big game, 72 yards and a touchdown. Um Garza, 86 yards rushing and a touchdown, 33 yards receiving. So they got some they got some players that uh, stepped up. But uh, defensively, you know, they didn't tackle very well. You know, it wasn't one of their best games defensively, even though they only gave up seven points. Um, they're going to have uh, to do a little bit better job there. I mean, they, 
they dropped an interception. They had a couple of errors that kept drives alive. Um, but they did come up with an interception and a fumble recovery. And uh, so, I mean, they got an, enough plays uh, to get it done. So, but, you know, from, from Minico, they stay undefeated and um, they are headed into a game with Wood River, which has got some questions around it because Wood River is banged up. And so stay tuned over the next couple of days, what happens with Wood River and Minico. Okay. Uh, because we've seen this time of year, Valley last week had to forfeit a game. We, we've seen it over in, in the Treasure yep. Valley as well. So yep. you hate to see that this time of year, but it is something that happens, unfortunately. So uh, I will say one one more thing on Minico. It's interesting coming into the season, uh, if you had asked me, oh, you, we knew they were going to run the ball, right? I thought the two main guys that were going to be doing the, the running were going to be Brevin Trankel and Clayton Wilson. It's neither one of those guys now. It's Ben DeLay and Joseph Terry. So it's kind of interesting how they've been able to morph and adapt. And Yeah, you know, and, and Minico has taken Trinkle, Brevin Trinkle, and just really kind of put him on defense, let him play linebacker because, I mean, he's got aspirations to play at the next level somewhere, um, wherever that is, but it's going to be at the def- on the defensive side of the football at the linebacker position. You know, and that's where he's better served. And he still has the cast, the wrap on his hands, so it makes it tough to – you know, to hold on to the ball, it's easier to tackle and run into people uh, and rather than kind of be a running back. I mean, granted, he's a kid that one-handed or not, they could probably use him running back. I mean, he's just a beast, but, you know, for him, he's playing a lot more defense. Yeah, for sure. Twin Falls continues to look good. 48-12 to 12 win over Burley. They're 6-1. and one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was the key to this game was all about turnovers. Um, they won the turnover battle 6-2. to two. I mean, six turnovers they forced. Um, and they rushed the ball for almost 350 yards, and um, and they did score on one of those turnovers. So um, Tegan Severe, third game this year where he's had multiple interceptions, you know, and that's pretty impressive when you think about it. I mean, you're, you're talking about uh, you know seven games, and almost half of those he's had at least two picks. I mean, think about that. That's that's incredible. Um, Salazabal and Norlander each had over 100 yards rushing. So, you know, offensively, Twin Falls is really gotten it going behind a really strong offensive line, which is really is going to be an interesting battle when Twin and, and Minico play in that final game of the season. Um, but uh, for Twin Falls, they, they're healthy. Um, they're undefeated in conference, and it's all coming down to that final game with Minico. That's right. That's a game we'll have for you on IdahoSports.com. I will be there for that game, Scott. So it's going to be a oh, lot of fantastic! Fun. I can yeah. send you more text. Try to throw you off your off your game a little. <laughs> yep, for sure. So uh, that's still uh, two weeks away. But uh, let's transition out of the three A ranks. We talked about Filer had 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 a really nice season. Uh, they still are. You know, they're four and three now. Uh, taking on Gooding, and Gooding says, "Yeah, it's nice that you're having a nice little story, but we've got bigger <laughs> aspirations." And we're going to win 58 to nothing. Wow. And uh, boy, Gooding just took Filer out behind the woodshed. I mean, it was Filer's seven yards of net offense in that game. 25 carries minus nine yards. Uh, Defensively, Gooding is just finding their stride right now. They are just beasts and they're getting it done. I mean, they were up 24 to nothing after the first quarter and they were on cruise control, which is huge. Um, because they could rest some starters because they've got a short week. You know, they play tomorrow night 
against Marsh Valley up in the dome. And so, you know, heading into this game with Filer, I mean, it, it couldn't have worked out any better for Gooding just to jump on them quickly, get some dudes some rest, and then that way they're fresh for a short week. You know, and, and the big thing is is this Marsh Valley team that they're going to play. I mean, this is a good team. You know, they're, they're not deep. You know, they've got three losses on their record. You know, and this has got the attention of, of Gooding. I mean, they're not taking anybody lightly. But these three losses that Marsh Valley has – are two state champions. I mean, they lost to Bieber, Utah, you know, um, Westside, Sugar, all state champions. And they were relatively close games, you know. So Gooding's got them on their radar, you know, and they're playing in the dome, which is great because Gooding wants to simulate a, a playoff atmosphere, you know, and uh, Marsh Valley beats uh, Snake last week. So, I mean, this Marsh Valley team is, is pretty good. And a fun little fact, uh, Coach Anderson's never won in the Dome before. And so going up there is always kind of an interesting deal. And granted, those have always been semis and finals, you know, playoff football. But still, you know, Ofer in the Dome. Okay. And and uh, it's going to be in a little atmosphere there because you've got some people from Ann Arbor going to show up um, for Loveland. But uh, they are really focused in on Marsh Valley because they think they're a pretty good football team. Yeah, it's going to be a fun night at, at Holt Arena in Pocatello where it's a doubleheader, actually. Um, and then the second is. game is Snake River American Falls, and Snake River is yep. going to be fighting for their playoff lives in that game. So, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the thing that Gooding's going to be able to do is Marsh Valley, my prediction, Marsh Valley may, may keep it close early on. But they are so thin. They just are not deep. You know, and when you look at film on these guys, they're they're it looks like they're playing maybe 12 to 15 guys total where almost everybody is going both ways. And that is going to wear on you. And you get a physical pounding team like Gooding, that's going to wear on you a lot quicker uh, than most. So and I think Gooding is just going to wear them down eventually, whether that's late in the first half or start of the second half, if they don't run away with it early. Yep, for sure. The other big matchup uh, from the 3ASCIC last week was Kimberly taking on Wood River. Uh, only allowed eight points, which is great for a defense that's kind of been uh, a little bit out of sorts this year, but only 22 points scored for an offense that's usually in the 30s or 40s. What, what do you make of this 22-8 to eight win by Kimberly? Well, um, it was only half a game um, because that got called because of lightning. They had some some issues going on. Um, Okay. And so, you know, in that half, uh, they so basically what happened was um, Wood Rivers lost six in a row. They are now uh, playing Kimberly. They got an early score, which was good for Wood River, uh, but they had a lightning delay. And so they were waiting it out um, after the half, after a 30 minute delay, 15 minutes in, then another 30 minute clock started. So if you're not sure of how the lightning delay works is if you see the lightning, you're on the clock for 30 minutes. And if in that 30 minutes, there are no more lightning strikes, then you're able to take the field again. But let's say you go 25 minutes and you get a lightning strike, that 30 minute clock starts over again. So you could potentially just sit there during a lightning storm forever and ever. Um, And it just looked like it wasn't going to let up. And so administrators from both schools and head coaches, and they just determined the lightning wasn't going to go anywhere. They checked with the IHSA, IHSAA, and as long as officials and both coaches agree, it could be called a complete game. 
That's what they did. So they ended it after one half. It was a complete game. Went down as a win for Kimberly, 22-8. to eight. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. All so right. times it by two, 44-16. Now we get kind of what we're used to seeing. Yeah, okay. I was, that's why I wanted to talk about this game, and I knew you would have the answer for me. So that's Yeah, why absolutely. And, you know, and we've been talking about this Holman Chadwick kid from Kimberly, too, and I just wanted yeah. to update uh, for those that listen. Um, uh, on Monday, they were finally able – to close him up and, and say that there were no more infections because he'd been battling, you know, infections. And so they're hoping that he can get his strength back and go home in the next week or so. And so, you know, the Kimberly community, the football team, you know, they want to thank everybody that's been kind of listening to this, everybody that uh, has, you know, kept him in his prayers. Um, he still has a battle ahead of him, um, but he was able to get through a rough stretch. So just wanted to update those, you know, that kind of started to follow the story. Yeah, if he, if he could be home and in around the team ahead of that Gooding game in two weeks, I mean, mm-hmm. that would be so awesome for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, we're we're gonna continue keeping our keeping our thoughts and prayers uh, for him and, and his family as well as uh, he he is fighting for sure. That, that's great news though to hear that there's no infections. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Well, let's 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 take a break real quick. We'll come back and break down the the rest of what happened in the football scene. We'll we'll check in with Declo. We'll check in with some of those one A programs. But we'll step aside real quick to hear from our sponsors, the Idaho Division of Public Health, here on the Magic Valley Prepcast on IdahoSports.com. It's time to start planning for back to school. That's why I got my kids vaccinated for COVID-19. Kids 12 and older can get vaccinated. The vaccines have been researched and tested. They're safe and they work. And I hope everyone will choose to get vaccinated too. Back on the Magic Valley PrepCast, IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey with Scott Burton. As we transition now to the 2A ranks, the big matchup was a battle of top five teams. Declo taking on Napa Christian. Tight game. The Hornets drop it though, twenty-eight to twenty. Yeah, this was a, a really good football game. Um, you know, for Nampa Christian, it was it was a huge win. They moved to six and one on the year, um, and the, you know, it gave them some confidence that they feel that they can compete with anybody. Um, a big turning point in the game was a key stop they got in the first in the fourth quarter, and it put them in a position to tie the ball game early in the fourth quarter. Uh, they fumbled it late in that quarter, but they were able to get the ball back. Uh, so, I mean, it just became down to uh, a two minute drill to win the game. And uh, they had a couple of really good performances. Dane Bradshaw, 16 carries, 90 yards and a score. Also seven catches, 93 yards and 14 tackles on defense. That kid was all over the place. Uh, Landon Cheney, the quarterback, 306 yards passing, two touchdowns. You know, so, I mean, they, they got some really good players. And uh, it came down to the final play of the game where it was one of those almost, you remember the Fiesta Bowl where Boise State beat Oklahoma on that lateral um, at the end of regulation to tie it up and send it to overtime. And uh, Declo was running something similar to that uh, that, that kind of got people out of their seats just a little bit. But it uh, came up short and Napa Christian got the win. Interesting. Okay. Now we could see a rematch of this in the playoffs in Declo again, because Declo will win their conference. Nampa Christian still has to play Melba. They may not win that and may have to be a road warrior because of that. So yeah, you never know. I mean, when you've got a strong conference like Nampa Christian has, and they've got a couple of those really good teams in there, you know, there's certain games that mean more than others in that conference. I mean, 
Declo didn't mean anything other than just kind of like a shot in the arm, a little confidence boost to, you know, you, you got to get some momentum. But when it comes down to the numbers, you know, Nampa Christian's got a big one in front of them for sure. Yep, for sure. And and again, just another Max Preps tangent. Despite losing to Nampa Christian, Declo is still ranked ahead of Nampa Christian in the Max Preps ratings. So. Yeah, go figure. More, <laughs> uh, more stuff to talk about next week, isn't it? Yep, for sure. So, all right, 1A, D1 ranks. Oakley and Raft River are on this collision course. Raft River shuts out Murtaugh, 50 to nothing. Oakley shuts out Glens Ferry, 64 nothing. I've said this a couple of times. Can we just fast forward to the part where these two play each other finally? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oakley is just continuing to roll 64 to nothing. But Glens Ferry, I mean, they're really struggling to score. The last three games, Glens Ferry has only scored six points. You know, so, I mean, they are just struggling. Oakley averaging 55 points a game, giving up only seven. Um, but, you know, and that even that's a little misleading, too, because in the opener, uh, they give up 34 to Lapwai. I mean, that's their curve buster right there. So, I mean, really, since that first game, I mean, it's it's almost like if you're Oakley, how do you get up for it? Because you, you're just walking out destroying everybody, you know, and, and – not that Oakley isn't good. Oakley is really good, but you kind of need that Raft River game for both Raft River and Oakley because when you go into those playoffs, if you're untested, you haven't been in a close game. Sometimes those kids tighten up a little bit, and so I think that's why that Oakley Raft River game, regardless of what happens, they're both going to make the playoffs. But I think it's going to be good for both of them just to be in a battle heading into the playoffs. Now for Raft River, they get a bye week. They so they get that week to prepare for Oakley. Um, they shut out Murtaugh 50 to nothing. Uh, Low Miller 127 yards, couple of scores, you know. Um, but uh, a couple of cool stories out of Rap River, and I want to make sure I get these right. Um, in that game, uh, Benny Smith got a touchdown, and he's usually the second string guard for Raft River, right? Um, but he's one of those kids that you tell him to do something, he'll go do it. You know, Benny, go climb the flagpole. He's shimmied up that thing before you even know what happens. He's one of those kids. Uh, and he's not a starter, but he's played every position on the field with the exception of quarterback and kicker is, is what they're telling me. And he's always willing to give good looks on the scout team, plays a few quarters of JV each week. You know, so they put him in the backfield and they just gave him a simple dive and he busted it up the middle, bounced it for 35 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and everybody on the Raft River sidelines going nuts. But here's the cool thing. He ran into the end zone where the ambulance is parked. And both his parents are on the ambulance crew during the Raft River games. You know, so here's the kid busting right up the middle, running right to mom and dad in the ambulance in the end zone. So kind of a cool little thing. Um, and then another cool thing for Raft River is they, they kicked an extra point. Now that doesn't sound like much, but they Ethan Southern kicked and made one extra point and one and one field goal. I should say, um, for eleven man teams, it's not a big deal, you know. But I was talking to the coaching staff, and and they're like, oh, we've not ever seen an extra point kicked at a Raft River game, ever since. Even when I was a player, it, that just doesn't happen. That's maybe eighteen years is what they're guessing the last time something like this has happened. And it sounds bizarre, but the eight man game, just, they don't kick. They go for everything. 
you know, and that's just the eight man game. And, and so it was a really cool thing. And the field goal was from 22 yards uh, away. And, uh, you know, Treg Whitaker, the holder, Rylan Evans, they were the snapper. They had been practicing all week for a few weeks and they do it on their own time. They don't have any time set aside for practice to do this. So they were doing it on their own. And so last Thursday at the end of practice, they lined up and practiced a field goal. And the head coach said, you know, Hey, if uh, you can make three in a row, we'll let you kick one Friday night. Well, they made four in a row. And um, so those, so when the kicks went through on Friday night, the place went nuts again. And you would think it's just an extra point. It's just a field goal, but for Raft River and generally all eight man teams, that stuff just doesn't happen. So a couple of cool stories coming out of Raft River. Yeah, I, I love the 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 two way players at the one A D one level where you you talked about Low Miller for Red River, 127 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. You also had on defense 12 tackles, a sack, and two fumble recoveries. For Oakley, Dace Jones scored four touchdowns, including a kickoff return for a touchdown. Then on defense, all he does is have 17 tackles and a fumble <laughs> recovery. So. Oh, that's awesome. And, and those are, those are the guys that any 4A team would love to have on their squad because they're just tough kids, you know, and you, and you just can't say enough about those small schools. Yep, for sure. All right. Uh, so we have to wait another week for our big 1A D1 matchup, but for the 1A D2 rank, Scott, it's here. Carey versus Castleford. Carey had a nice shutout victory over Camas County last week. Uh, I believe it was 58, nothing and mm-hmm. Castle Ford had the bye week. So it's kind of, it's almost mirroring what's going to happen with Rat River and Oakley, but this is going to be the big matchup Friday night in Cary on idahosports.com. I'm excited. Yeah, this should be a really really good game, you know, and in that game against Camas for Cary just a quick recap on that one. You know, Cary even though they finished with 58 points, they only had 8 points in that first quarter because Camas went on a 9-minute drive. Uh, that ended at the 25-yard line. And for eight-man football to put on a nine-minute drive, I mean, that's that's craziness, you know. Um, And then the defense took over and and basically Kerry rolled from there. But a couple cool things out of Kerry. And, you know, we talk about this in the coaching circles where a lot of times you're going to get teams that got talent, but do they have a culture? And, And it's funny how and I'm, I'm headed up uh, in November to talk to a group in Boise uh, about developing culture, you know, and it's, it's just amazing what culture can do for you. You know, and Carrie's got some of that going on as well. I mean, one of the things that their coaching staff does is at the end of every practice, they select two players to deliver speeches to the team. You know, sometimes the topics are assigned, but mostly it's from the player's heart and about the upcoming game, you know, and as part of their leadership program, they do, uh, at Cary, it doesn't matter what class, what grade they're in. Sometimes every, you know, even junior high kids are going to get up and talk and sometimes school managers. But what they do is they have this leadership program and they get these kids uh, to speak to the teams and it develops a culture. And, you know, and within cultures, you got to have fun. And so one of the things that they do up there is they let the kids do coaches impersonations. They do impressions uh, of the coaches and and uh, they say the kids are hilarious and their acting is spot on, you know. And so if you get these things going within a program, um, all of a sudden you've got that little X factor you know, when it comes to winning football games or basically winning anything for that matter. And Carrie and a lot of these schools that we talk about have it going on. 
Yeah, that's so cool. That's that's gonna be it's gonna be really fun to watch Carrie. Uh, I, I kind of view it this way. Carrie's Carrie's been through these big matchups before. These players have been through where the pressure's on. For Castle Ford, this is kind of uncharted water a little bit. You know, how are they going to respond to okay, the pressure is here. This is like Monday night football. Okay, everybody's watching you now. What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you get programs, even though the kids are kind of cycled through, you get programs that just have seen the big lights before, you know, others that are just starstruck. Now that could go a couple of different ways. They could be uh, psyching themselves out and it could go the negative way, or they just could be just so loose because they don't know what to expect. Um, But a lot of times you get the experience factor that plays a role in this stuff. And, you know, and a lot of that's coaching staff as well. You know, I mean, you, the kids are going to feed off their coaches and if coaches have been there, they're going to know how to react. They're going to know how to keep their kids under control, you know? So yeah, you're right. There is a huge experience factor here and Kerry definitely has it. Yep. For sure. Seven o'clock Friday night, IdahoSports.com. Do not miss it. Castle Ford against Kerry. It's going to be one of, if not the eight man game of the year. All right, Scott, uh, it'll be a, so much fun to, to hop on next week to talk about max preps, and also yep. state soccer. Let's plan on that. State soccer and max preps, and we'll we'll kind of just take it from there. Because because football, we we kind of know at this point, right? We kind of know who's in. Yeah, who, yeah well, we do. We do. Right. We have an idea. Volleyball's underway now. It starts this week, and so we can talk a little bit about volleyball and where that's stacking up. We'll have the state soccer brackets all set and ready to go. And and like you said, I mean, we'll have some of these big games done one on the way a couple on the way so yeah we'll have a few things to talk about but we're heading into the i can't believe we're here we're final end of fall sports getting ready for state tournaments yeah it is the best time of the year no doubt about it so all right good luck at the soccer match today good luck to your dodgers as well in game five against the san francisco giants that's tomorrow night right yes we are 707 first pitch all right dodger blue (laughs) sounds good soccer (laughs) yep jerome soccer la dodgers scott burton's got it all uh thanks for tuning in to the magic valley prep cast we'll see you next time on idahosports.com